road tonight. We've been doing so well on these Saturday nights. But we want to have an opportunity this weekend. I used to not like uh, man-made holidays like Mother's Day and, and Valentine's Day, things like that, because I was hoping that people would do that all the time. But actually... I actually believe that it's a good thing that our culture has created a place of honor in, in, in really an honorless society we live in these days. And, and so we want to just honor moms in here. And, but here's what I want to do too. Because Mother's Day sometimes can be a painful place. If you were a spiritual mother, you are no less a mother. Wow. And... And I felt like in worship, I was sitting down there, and the Lord was like, if we don't understand that as the body of Christ, we're actually putting a stigma on people. And he is saying, I call you mothers, whether you've ever naturally birthed a child or not. And so here's what I'd like you to do. If you are a mother in here, spiritual, natural, anything, we'd like you to stand up right now. Here he comes. All right, now here's what we're going to do. Now we need everyone's help. We want to honor these moms. So we're gonna, we would like you to come and get a flower and take it to one of these that are standing. And, and since not many of them have their children here, we would love for you to come and honor these moms. Yeah, you better get some I call you mom. Somebody I'll get over this. Yeah, they're still going. I like it. That's hilarious. Awesome. We have a lot of awesome mothers in the house. Hey. Mom, yours is coming. I got it. This is my. I got it. I got it. Sit down, son. (laughs) Everybody's confused. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Well, it is Mother's Day weekend, and um, 
a few things that we really feel like the Lord is doing this month that, that actually blend together, but we'll see how we all, you know, mesh it together here at the end of this, this uh, service. But <laughs> we'll find out if this works or not. Uh, but it's, it's family month. And uh, we had a great time last Sunday at uh, uh, Bingo. Oh, my goodness. It was so much fun. <laughs> we had a blast. We raised to over $200 for missions. That was super cool. But more than that, we had a blast. <laughs> no, <laughs> Lateria. So I think that's how you say it. It's Lateria? Oh, dang it. I can never get it right. Fine. <laughs> but I was learning a lot of good Spanish words, though, because it was, you know, it's the, they call the name in Spanish, and it's the card has the picture, like the tree, and then, you know, how you say it. I'm not even going to. I'm going to spare you my Spanish, okay, but that was fun. Um, and then next weekend, of course, we're doing Family Day, which we're super excited about. Um, we just feel like that's such a God idea. Um, so please come. I know everybody's, like, you know, asking us random questions about it. We don't know exactly how it's going to be, but we feel like God's on it, and we're, we're hoping that there's something for everyone, okay? So some of you Silver Saints, if you don't like to play laser tag, that's okay, still come because you don't have to. <laughs> it's just, a, a you know, one of those really fun perks for some of the younger ones. But still come because we're going to do a lot of other things So for family. But anyway, how many of you noticed that all of our, uh, our five core values that hang on the wall? They've been there for several years. If you're used to them, maybe next time you come through the foyer, just look up because <laughs> they're in teal. There's five of them. But one of them is partnership. And um, so that's one of our core values. And what we believe through that is that it's connection with each other. And the heart of it, I'll just read you the heart of it, which is the first line. It says, to value and pursue connection and covenant relationship. That's what we feel like God has called us to as the body of Christ. And so in this house, that is a core value. So... Yes, of course we meet together on Sunday mornings, and, and that is very valuable. That is, we, uh, that's, uh, you know, our favorite time together. But when do we get to make those connections that are where we build covenant relationship? When does that happen? Well, not necessarily on Sunday morning. There's other opportunities for that, and so that's what we're pursuing. Um, so what I, I actually want to talk to you guys about a partnership tonight. This really isn't a Mother's Day message. However... Um, I am a mother, so there. Okay. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if we have some other way to connect that tomorrow, I don't know. Let me know, but I'm moving on. <laughs> but it is about covenant relationships, and, um, and mothering is definitely a covenant relationship. So there. There's a second reason why it's a Mother's Day message. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when the Crohn's were here back in March, um, I really felt the Lord began to um, kind of get after me a little bit because um, as they were sharing, uh, how many of you were here for the Saturday night when the Crohn's were here? Okay. Um, do you remember that That basically their whole message, Deb was going through her bags that they were selling and a couple of books, and they were really taking their time to talk about what each one meant, right? And like, the presence of God was so thick in here. We had people that were just lying on the floor that could not even get up because, like, the tangible hope of heaven was in the room. I mean, it was intense, right? But I felt like the Lord began to speak to me because, you know, how sometimes we hear guest speakers, especially that have merchandise, 
and, uh, you know, we just get through the merchandise so we can get to the word, you know, which happens a lot of the time, and that's fine. But Deb and Dave were actually super intentional because with the, the products that they have, the books that they've written, they believe it's a legacy that they're leaving for future people to read long before, long after they've left the earth. And um, Dave has, he quotes it actually, and I, do you remember who the quote was by? I can't remember, but he said, if you want to leave a legacy, write. And he's, he's grasped a hold of that. And that's what they do. They write down, you know, the things that God has done in their lives and the, the testimonies. They have multiple books. And now Deb is beginning to put them, put some of the, the, the phrases that she has on bags and um, prints and things like that because um, it is their life message. So anyway, the Lord began to speak to me about the CDs. I have three CDs. I don't know if all of you know that because it's been a journey since 2010. The one we released last year was actually my third album. But I felt like my whole life I have wanted to record music. And and it was for that reason that the songs that I've been writing since I was young, that well, the good ones anyway, <laughs> would be recorded. <laughs> Or the better ones, maybe I should say. I shouldn't say not, they might not. Everybody might think they're good, but um, they're good to me. But um, that you know that they would be recorded and could be played over and over again and heard and spread around the world. I mean, that's that's my heart, right? Well, so the Lord just really. Uh, I, I was starting to share with Dave and Dad. I was like, I think I should tell the story of my albums. And before, it was the last thing, wasn't it the last thing Dave said almost when we're dropping them at the airport? He's like, you're going to tell your story, right, about these albums. And I'm like, I am. I am. So that's what I'm going to do tonight. Uh, I, I just want to share um, kind of my music journey and the breakthroughs that I feel like God released surprisingly. Most of them were surprises. Most of them were miracles that I could have never even dreamed um, would have happened. But it all comes back to partnership, though, which, as I started, I, I told you about the, that uh, core value we have out, have out there. And there's no way that I could have even gotten these recorded um, without partnership. And so that's really a big piece of this journey. And as we go, I just feel like that God has a few breakthroughs for us if, uh, if you're interested. So here we go. I'm going to just tell you where it started. Uh, you know, writing and really developing what God was saying, which that's what I believe uh, that, that the, what God's called me to do with the music that I'm writing. I, I listen to him. I want to capture what he's speaking to us as a body. I want to put it to song and release it. That's really, uh, you know, the, the purpose of my music. And I want to be intentional with the giftings that he's given me. <coughs> and, you know, I think about my life and reflect upon it thus far anyway. And, you know, God's hand was on music for me from the time I was seven years old. That was actually when I started piano lessons when I was seven. And I continued on in into uh, Bible college with piano lessons. It was like 13 years or so. Um, but I had voice teachers. I had, you know, people that were speaking into my life at all different levels and times. And the whole time, it, it wasn't like, okay, you know, I need their input so one day I can record an album and be a worship leader. That really wasn't in my heart at that time. I mean, I had great dreams and ideas, but it was just 
you know, pursuing what I loved and the passion that I loved. And But, you know, I think about the partners um, that were helping me at those times, I, like my mother. <laughs> I, had she not paid for piano lessons and t- taken me when I was seven years old, I don't know. You know, I don't know if I would have ever learned it. You know, I mean, things like that. And I think about when I went to... <laughs> Thank you, Elizabeth. Uh, and then I, when I went to, I went to CFNI, Christ of the Nations, um, just out of high school um, for a year, and that was some of the most intense learning of music that I've ever experienced. Um, I had uh, really skilled teachers there, both piano and voice, but also the worship leader at the time, Kevin Jonas, really took me under his wing and was willing to invest time with me. Um, yes, and fine. Kevin Jonas is the father of the Jonas Brothers that everybody knows. So, yeah, I did not babysit them, but they were in diapers, okay? I did not babysit them. So, but that's the joke. They always tell me that I babysat the Jonas Brothers. I did not, but they were around. But, but Kevin actually gave me a chance when I, I was terrified I was not a brave young person. <laughs> I'll just tell you that. I was terrified of everything. I mean, I could barely, I remember the first time that he wanted to hear me sing, and I'm just like, I couldn't barely get, you know, like sound to come out because I was just like violently shaking. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was it was like such a challenge, but he still, he gave me a chance. And I remember we were leading worship, um, and the school was big at the time. I don't know what it is now, but it was about a 1,000 students, and we were leading worship. I was playing the piano, and it was like an ensemble, so all of us were new at what we were doing, and the person leading was nervous, and we were all nervous, right? Well, we're singing along, and we have all these specific hand signals that we had learned in classes, and all of a sudden, the leader looks at us all and goes like this. Well, that means a key change, all right? <laughs> we were in the key of D. No, were we in the key of D? I don't remember what key we are, but basically the up went to like five sharps or five flats. I don't even remember what. And we were all like, I mean, it was a train wreck. It was a disaster. And I'm like literally playing with two fingers at that point because I didn't even know what chords to play in that key. And he, I mean, he didn't mean to do that. It was the wrong song that we were going. Anyway, you know, but, but we had a chance. You know, and I don't think that, you know, I don't know if if I would have been brave enough on my own to push my way through, you know, into something like that. Somebody believed in me. You know what I mean? It was it was partnership. Um, so and there were other worship leaders, too, as we went along and as we began to grow into ministry, you know, like when I was 20, 22, like that, that age, there was a worship leader there too that gave me a chance and um, I remember even uh, there was one of my, the first songs that I had successfully written I you know I had pieces of songs but you know we were singing it at our church and that was a really special thing for me so the first um, impartation and breakthrough that I, that I would like to to release if anyone is interested and I just want you to stand up if you want this but I just really feel like God wants to release courage to develop giftings. So it does not have to be music. I mean, uh, that's my journey, but 
I mean, you guys are smart enough to know. Uh, there's a lot more gifts, right? <laughs> okay, so if you if you want courage to develop that gift, would you please stand up? Whatever gir- courage, I mean courage, whatever uh, gifts that are in your heart, whatever God's doing in your life, maybe you've had dreams from as a child. Um, you don't want that, babe? You, you want courage to develop? <laughs> my own husband and my son are not standing. Wow. <laughs> You have more gifts to develop. Yeah, we're getting to that later. Um, so, yes, we're, we're going to hit a bunch of different things, and, and also just the, uh, one of the other ones will be to have people to partner with us. But right now, I feel like the first step uh, in my journey was that courage. And it, and it, and it took people you know, speaking it into me, but I believe that that's an impartation from heaven. I, I want, I mean, I pray that just as, as our body of believers, that we can uh, release so much courage in the house from heaven, that there is no fear, that we are a fearless body, that are full of, uh, you know, w- the willingness to step out. It's, it's just the willingness to step out. So, Father, we just ask you for that breakthrough in this place, that it would be one of our markers, God, that we would have courage, courage to step out in the giftings that you've placed on us, courage to just step out, to be who you've called us to be. Thank you for courage, God. Are you receiving it? Just a, just a download from heaven. That's what I believe. Courage. All right. Have a seat. Yes, Lord. I mean, the idea is that, we, you know, we hand our breakthroughs away so that we don't have to go through the same challenges, you know, or you don't have to go through the same challenges that I did. I was telling someone the other day when <clears throat> we were young in the ministry um, in when we lived in San Antonio in our early 20s, I was so terrified to pray in public. We had this corporate prayer meeting every week. I was so terrified. It was an hour-long prayer meeting. It took me about 45 minutes to get the nerve to go to the microphone to pray. And then I would be so panicked that what came out of my mouth was like, I don't know, heresy or something. I would have Tim and we had one of our best friend, Chris Rhodes, that most of you know. I would have to ask him, was that okay? Like, and I'm like, like shaking, you know, <laughs> and it took a long time to break through with courage, but here we are, I'm on the microphone. So I don't, I don't know if I'm completely over that, still get scared sometimes, but, <laughs> but I know that heaven is with us <laughs> and mine's, I'm standing on this microphone tonight. <laughs> heaven is with us. All right. So, um, that was the start. So. When the dreams in my heart begin to really develop and, and take form, I, I definitely was writing a lot more. I, I was probably, uh, you know, writing a song a week sometimes and just, you know, putting how I write is a lot uh, different. I actually put a lot, I do lyrics before I do music, which is pretty rare actually in the music writing world. But uh, so I had tons of lyrics and then I would begin to put them to song and, um, you know, some of them you know, we're better than others, but that's how it goes. You know, you're just developing things. But in 2009, 
Um, the, Bert and Jackie Gulick, they'll be here tomorrow. They're not here tonight. Uh, Jackie is our healing rooms director. But uh, they're good friends of ours. And in 2009, um, they asked us to lunch one day. And so we went. And um, we're sitting there, and Bert said to me, he said, um, what would it take? What's the holdup? Why, why can't we get these songs, you know, recorded and out? And I looked, and I was like, it's money. I was very, it's back then even. It's so much cheaper now because of how far technology has come just in 10 years. It's amazing. But back then, it, you know, everything had to be on CD and all that stuff. And um, I said, it's money. Um, and I, I certainly wasn't going to do anything that was half-baked, <laughs> if I could say that way. You know, I wanted it to be good. And, you know, Bert and Jackie believed in us. They believed in us. And um, he said, if, if you'll, you know, figure out, figure out a way and get it recorded, uh, you know, on, on that side, then I'll pay for the production, the whole thing. Um, and, and that, just so you know, is about 10 grand. And at that time, and I was like, okay. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, I didn't even know. I mean, like when, 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 it's in, when it's there, when it's time, you know, it's like, can I do this? Is this real? Do I have 10 songs? Can we do this? And I, I began to take steps forward. And it was that, that basically that promise that he's, you know, you, you get it going. And so I began, I actually just, I journaled this whole thing um, when it happened. And I just read it through it this morning because I wanted to refresh my mind of all the miracles. And it's, it's more than I have time to tell you. Because every step that I took, it was like God was saying, it's me and we're doing this. I mean, like everything from, I really wanted to record a live album because I wanted it to be, you know, in, in the house and the things that we were cultivating together because they were songs that, you know, that we were doing together and I wanted to capture that. So we had to, <laughs> this is like the most difficult way to record an album. So we had to bring in an audio engineer and we had to record everything and capture it. And then it had to go into the studio. All right, so that's basically how it worked, and but we did it, and and the and the people that we found, it was just such a God connection. They were so for it, and then someone heard that we were doing it live, and they wanted it to be videoed. I was like, I don't have money for that, and he's like, I'll do it for free. And then someone said, Well, you need better lighting. I was like, I don't have money for that. And he said, Here's high five hundred dollars, make it work. So my husband was up there and got the lights the way they needed to be. It's nothing like we have now. This is all upgraded from from ten years ago, you know. And once we finally got that done, and then I was like, okay, what am I going to do with this? Who's going to produce it? You know, which is where the big money comes in. You know, where, where how do you spend that? And uh, and then <laughs> there's Bert and Jackie again. And Bert said, I know this guy in Australia. He's He does video work for me. And he said, I think he might, I could help you. And so, okay. So, you know, you know, we started emailing back and forth and, it's Chris DeKiesel, who's been here now twice. Uh, most of you might have known him. He was here two years ago. But um, he, he, he said, I, I'm interested in this. this I'm, I'm interested. It's great. So I go. You know, you have to, to, this was before there were hard drives big enough. I mean, like, uh, online storage big enough to, to put everything. I, it was a physical hard drive that I had to go to the mail, you know, to the post office and mail to Australia. I mean, it, yeah, it cost me like $150 to mail it. I mean, it was like a big deal. All right, now I could upload it all into Google Drive and be done with it, But um, <laughs> which thank God for 
modern technology now, but in that's, can you believe it? it's only just 10 years ago? So anyway, off it went, and he, he got it, and he began to listen, and, and you know, he's like, we have a lot of to fixing, of fixing to do, you know. I was like, I know, you know, I don't know, how, how do you want to do that, you know. And anyway, he began to invest time in it. And before you know it, he was taking the songs apart, basically. And he's a brilliant musician. He plays all instruments. And he began to work on the, on the drumming. And he, he began to do that. Well, before you know it, I was like, dude, I don't have any more money than what, you know, I mean, I've got this, you know, amount, and that's it. So what, what are we going to do? And he said, it doesn't even matter. He said, it, it's got to be good. It's got to be. The message has to be good enough to be heard well. Because, see, that's the thing with music. It's, it's one thing for somebody to come stand up and share their testimony and botch it up and all that stuff. But music is different. People will turn off if the music is not on tune. You know, if the pitch isn't right, if the tempo is not right, it's just it's not pleasing to the ear, and they'll just turn it off. <laughs> just sorry. I'm just going to be honest. And he's like, no, this has to be right. And so he spent probably three months way over budget. And uh, more, no, I didn't have the money. He didn't get the money. He just willingly invested of himself to do that. And I really feel like if I had not been for Bert and Jackie and, and for Chris and others who came on, my brother, my brother, I, I read this. I didn't even remember this. Do you remember that? I called him. I needed two, $2,000 for something. I don't even know what. I don't remember now. But uh, he said, I, no problem. And he started calling people. And he got that money in like three days. All in all, it was $17,000 when it was all said and done. I did not put a dime of my own money. I mean, maybe I spent some meals and bought people dinner. I don't know. But $17,000 came in for this first album which is nothing like that anymore. You don't need that much money. But God, it was just like he was saying, I'm in this, and I'm sending people, and you are going to have partners in your dreams. So here's what I feel like that the breakthrough in this is. Um, I feel like there's, there's an impartation from heaven of revelation, the, the revelation of connection and covenant relationship. See, I can't facilitate all of your dreams. Tim and I, as the leaders of this house, cannot facilitate everybody's dreams. We've tried. It didn't work. We got in trouble. <laughs> but it was such a revelation to us to realize that. Like, we, that's not our job. Our job, we can't facilitate, but we sure can inspire you to those dreams. But who are the people that you're supposed to be surrounded with that can help facilitate your dreams? Maybe it is finance. Uh, maybe it's just a connection or an open door. I mean, you never know. You know, what is it? There's all kinds. I don't, we don't have time to go into all the things. But I know that it comes through covenant connection and relationship. And so if you want that that impartation of the revelation of connection and covenant relationship. Would you stand? And I hope that you all will stand for this one. <laughs> it's so important. See, I, I think that I feel like the Lord wants you to know that it's one thing to come in to Sunday service and, and recognize the people around you and then go out at the end of the day, but you don't realize that some of them may have the key to your destiny. Some of them may have the breakthrough that you need to see your dreams fulfilled. 
See, I didn't go to Bert and Jackie asking for money at all. That never even crossed my mind. He asked me, what can I do? Because this has got, this message has to be out. It's got to be shared. Who is that for you? I don't know. But I'm telling you that God wants to, to bring that kind of connection if you're willing. So, Holy Spirit, we just, we just invite that impartation. The revelation of covenant connection. The revelation of the connection of your people connecting. God, we just, I just even pray right now for dreams that have gone dead in people's hearts because they did not have the revelation of covenant connection. But it's okay because he's a redemptive God. And we just release redemption in the name of Jesus for those dead dreams to begin to awaken. And for that connection and covenant relationships to begin to birth. Even now, God, where people feel disconnected or they feel alone, that is the plan of the enemy. I'm telling you, it is the plan of the enemy to keep you out of your destiny. And that is not God's heart. He says that we are connected, that we are one body, that we are supposed to be touching like stones in a wall. And the enemy has lied to say that you are alone. You are not. You are not. Thank you for that revelation, God. We just say yes. We say yes. We say yes. So here it is. Here's make way for the king. I don't have time to tell you. I know. <laughs> I can't give it to you because I don't have any more of these. I have like five. So I'm, the other two, though, you, you can buy still. <laughs> but it's streaming. You can go stream it uh, or buy it on iTunes. But um, this this the cover... It's a crazy story. Tim met a guy in California at the at the Crohn's place, and he happened to be a designer. And Tim said, you should call him about this album cover. I was like, I don't know him. It's like, I don't either, but I think you should call. So we did. We called, and he said, I'm in. We sent him a couple of songs. He said, I love it. I have the perfect picture. You can have it for free. I know. And, and, the, and, the, and the photographer that did both my photo shoots for both albums this guy is like one of the top outdoor um, uh, photographers now in the United States, Rodney Bursell. You, if, you, if you check him out on Facebook, it's insane. He's winning all kinds of awards now. But he did these photo shoots for next to nothing. Uh, anyway, I don't have time. I don't have time to tell. The, the, it's crazy. <laughs> okay. So let's move on to this next guy. i got to tell you about the next one. So uh, so then that was in 2010 that we actually we got it out that year, which was pretty remarkable. So um, by 2012, we already had enough songs to do another album. And it was like the pump was was primed. It was just flowing. It was it was an overflow at that point. It was like we had to, to record again, um, and, and it happened very quickly. And it was literally the overflow of what God was doing in the house. Um, I think about one of the songs on here. This is the album Greater Works. I wrote it because the healing rooms had opened, and the Greater Works uh, was what we call the team that serve in there. Because remember, Jesus said greater works than these, you know, will you do, right? So I, I wrote that song out of that. There was just all the songs were just really connected to what God was doing 
here, but, you know, I just had people just encouraging me, encouraging me over and over. We get testimonies about this first album. It was, it was making its way onto other continents, which I thought was so interesting. Not, not hundreds, just a couple, you know, like one, you know, went with, with somebody, I can't even remember who, to India, and it was in India, and of course it was in Australia, and, and, uh, the UK, Jackie had uh, like 60 of them in the UK going. And um, I mean, it, it was really interesting. And I was like, this is really overwhelming, <laughs> honestly, God, that, that, you, that you are making this happen like this. But it was just encouraging to hear the testimonies that were coming in um, from all over. And I was like, okay, clearly, God was so clearly in it. It was just amazing. Um, I just I wrote a c- couple of things about this next album that I don't want to forget. Um, oh, I, yes, I ha- I worked for Susan Narvaez at the time um, when she was mayor of San Marcos. Um, I was uh, her assistant, and um, I remember coming in. And so the, the basically the next step was that I ha- I had to learn how to um, to uh, record and capture my own stuff because my producer now is on another continent, right? So it's like God, why, <laughs> you know? So I basically had to learn a new language. Um, if you know anything about music production, um, and you have to, it's a, it's a different language. So I began to learn the program, you know, that would help me to capture my own uh, keyboard and my own vocals, uh, which I did. Um, and so I started to invest money there. And um, I needed a keyboard at home, like this, a digital one. I have a baby grand piano, which is amazing. I love that. We should also thank my, my grandmother, who bought that thing. How old was I? Three, two or three years old. She bought us a baby grand piano for me. I know it. It's my prized possession. We always joke that Tim married me and a piano because <laughs> your first apartment doesn't hold a baby grand. Just FYI. Um, <laughs> But um, I, you can't use that um, when you're capturing um, uh, audio. I mean, you can, but it's a lot more complicated. Anyway, I needed to capture audio, my piano, and be able to send it to Kristen. So I needed a, a digital keyboard, and they have to be good quality, which those are typically close to $1,000. And, well, my boss, Susan, heard me. I don't remember. I don't know how, but she said, how much is it? Oh, I know why. Because a friend of mine said, I, there's one, a really good one at a pawn shop, Mark. It's like it was a really good one at a pawn shop. It's actually just like this one, but an older version. And he said it's like, I think it was like seven hundred fifty dollars. And I was like, awesome! I didn't have seven hundred fifty dollars. She heard me and wrote a check right there. Said, go buy it. You need that. You need that to record. Yeah. So anyway, so I had my keyboard. I had a, a microphone. I had the whole thing, and I began to learn this language, and was able uh, to to capture. So I really feel like that. This this album it it was beyond the inspiration part of music. So, you know, when when people say that they have to be inspired to write a song, or an artist says they have to be inspired to paint, and all those things are good, but actually, if if the gift is in you, you don't need inspiration. You need to set your hand to do it. Okay, that's what I believe about creativity. And it was during that time that I sat purposefully at the piano or my keyboard or wherever I was, and I had to work hard. I worked hard. I worked at a language I did not understand. I would, it was in tears at least once a week, 
you know, because my producer is on another continent, so our hours are totally opposite. You know, my morning is his night. I mean, just the whole thing, you know. And I'm like, okay, but we're doing this because it was an overflow of what God was doing. And so I basically had to decide, you know, that we were going to do, we were going to make this happen. And um, I remember, what, how many, what years did y'all get married? Yeah, 2013. So it was just, oh, maybe it was after this. I thought I got my timing wrong. That's the next album. It doesn't matter. So, uh, but in, it was in the day after Chris got married. Actually, we had um, Ivan Tate in uh, was prophesying over just, you know, blowing the place up. I had laryngitis. I could not sing. Not even a note could come out of my mouth. And so someone else had to lead worship. So he, I didn't know the man. He'd never heard me. Didn't hear, hear my worship, but I will never forget this because this is one of the dreams I'm still holding on to. We're sitting there, and he looks at me, and he says, your music is going to be translated into 64 languages. Yeah. I was like, okay. I received that. But you know what? In my mind, what I was seeing were those CDs dropped on different continents. You know, and I was like, God, those are seeds. And I just began to prophesy to those seeds. And that is a dream that is still in my heart that I'm holding on to, that I'm believing that God wants to translate it in 64 different languages. So, but um, anyway, so all, for me, that was another opportunity of partnership. We were getting a lot of prophecies at that time. I don't have time to tell you. That was one of the most significant ones for me. But the encouragement of people, the prophecy, you know, it, it it was it was easy, but it was beyond inspiration. Does that make sense? And and I just feel like that's a really important piece to the story because I don't want you to leave here thinking that, you know, I just wake up inspired to write music. No, I set my hand to do it. I was very purposeful and I and I am. And sometimes I honestly fail at that. Because <laughs> it's hard it's a lot of well, I shouldn't say it's hard. It's not hard. It's a lot of work to run a church. And my time will get, get um, kind of just swirl, swirl away, <laughs> you know, because, you know, we're here full time, long hours sometimes. And, you know, I, it's, I'm, I'm telling myself even now that it's important for me to set time aside to continue to write. But also it was a season of building, and so that's okay. Um, but the, I feel like the, the impartation for this, and just as I wrap this up, which this is uh, one more story. I'm trying not to be scattered. I'm sorry. Does it sound scattered? Okay, good. One more thing. So um, the, the, right after we had released the first one and all this prophecy was going on, I kept having um, quite a few uh, dreams. In fact, more than I had remembered because I was reading the story this morning, and it was like dream after dream. It was really awesome. I was like, God, I'd like to do that again because I don't even remember that, that I had so many prophetic dreams. But um, I had a dream that God took me uh, basically out of the house and up into the air to fly. And I was not in an airplane or in anything. It was just it was just the two of us. I couldn't see him, but I could feel him. And I was terrified because it was like, there's the ground and we're in the air. But as we began to just weave above the houses and get higher, my fear vanished. And it was like I learned to fly. I learned to fly, and it was the most exhilarating thing. But um, I went to bed. Uh, I mean, I was already in bed. It was a dream. I woke up. <laughs> I woke up, and that's where I wrote the song, Soar. I don't know if you, any of you remember that. I 
want to soar with you higher and higher. Yeah, so we wrote the, uh, the, the title of the album is actually Walk, Run, Soar. And that was, it, it was just another prophetic thing that he was doing. So, um, all right, let me do the impartation for this and then we'll move on to the third album. But I feel like the impartation for this is, is really that, that understanding and, and belief, honestly, that it's okay to not feel inspired sometimes when you are plugging away at your dreams. When you feel like, okay, well, God's not in it anymore because it feels hard. Um, yeah. So if you if you want that, if you, if you want the impartation of of just staying dedicated, I just stand up. And even in the areas that maybe some of you have given up, where it's gotten hard, because it's it's hard <laughs> it's hard writing books and songs and things that you know are outside of your nine to five. You know, it's it's not easy. It, the enemy does not want you to fulfill your dreams, you know. Even if you have a heart to go to the mission field or whatever. I mean, the enemy is going to try to stop you at every turn. And um, But I just want to tell you that it's worth the work. It's worth the dedication. And he's saying that you don't have to feel inspired anymore. You just need to move forward. So we just release that right now, that revelation from heaven. Thank you, God, that you are on the inside of us and everything um, that that we do by the leading of your spirit is inspired <laughs> that you are our inspiration at all times and i just even release the the willingness to work hard to re- to achieve uh the purposes god that you put in our in our hearts he never promised it would be easy guys did he <laughs> he didn't he didn't he didn't he just said his burden would be light though and i just release you from heavy burdens right now his yoke is easy his burden is light and i just prophesy to dreams that have gone dormant because it seemed to be too hard i just say that that is a lie of the enemy and that his yoke is easy and that you are inspired because you are walking with the king who is the king of inspiration if the creativity and the ideas are coming from him then the tools to do what he's called you to do are on the inside of you too. We just release that belief system right now in the name of Jesus. That was, you can sit down. That was um, Dan McCullum, who will be here November 3rd. Put it on your calendar. We just got that this weekend. Yeah, I know we're super excited. Um, but uh, he he said one of the most powerful things to me because I was like, Dan, I don't know what to do with this now because I haven't even gotten into the marketing of music. That's a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother thing. And I was like, I, you know, I did all this work, but now no one's buying them. So I don't know what to do. And he said, the same God that gave you these creative songs can give you what you need to market. I was like, well said. Um, Yeah. No excuses. There's no excuses in the kingdom. (laughs) Ah, Everything we need is in him. Thank you, Lord. And with those covenant relationships <laughs> that really, really do encourage. All right. So now most of you have been around for the one for this, for our Hill Country collection that have been shined that we released last year. But here's here's what I want to tell you about that. Um, God gave us vision to expand the dream, really, um, because up to this time, both these these first two albums are just my name. They just say Elizabeth Darnell in the title, right? 
um, that's just how it had to be. It wasn't really, uh, I wasn't writing with anybody except my producer, and that's just how it worked out the best. And But this this album that we released last year, it's the same. My producer and I have written all the songs together, and he and I are the only ones singing on this album and playing, only ones. We This is not a live studio album. We did, I mean, it's not a live album. It's a studio album, so everything, we push the limits on everything. It's a lot of things you can't even do live, all right? And, and if you listen to the other albums, Russ and I had this conversation, it's a lot different because there's a lot more um, synth sounds and effects and things, and we just wanted to try something a little bit different, just the two of us. But then, but God stepped in, and he began to speak to Tim and I, actually, and Chris, too, honestly, about how it, you know, it could just not just be my name on the album because Chris and I, well, we did co-write co all the songs as well, but the, the vision, though, that God began to give me was that, that from this house, that we would raise up multiple worship leaders, multiple musicians, multiple songwriters, multiple singers that would have, um, you know, high-quality songs that we could put on an album, and it would be called Hill Country Collection. That This is not a reflection of that yet, but it is in faith because we took my name off of it, and we called it Hill Country Collection. And it's basically a prophetic statement to say what the next season is going to look like musically. And I'm super excited about it. It's more in the vision stage, the vision casting stage, and just kind of, you know, praying into what that looks like because uh, that's a whole different ball of wax, to be honest. <laughs> you know, um, it's you know already a challenge for me just to deal with my producer. So, <laughs> um, you know, like how are we going to do that? I don't know yet, but we're going to, and it was a prophetic statement. Rebecca is right here. Rebecca is writing songs, and they are good, and we're going to see and hear some of that soon. <laughs> You're not writing worship songs. <laughs> Somebody's been writing, but not 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 worship songs. <laughs> He's been doing some other stuff too. But we have others too that are writing, and we're super excited about what that's going to look like. But um, I just think that that's basically the journey, you know, of these three of these three albums. Um, I I would love to give these two away. I'm not really sure how to do that. If anybody has a real dark prophetic idea on that let me know but um so i i want to just do one more one more impartation and um it just sums up that one was quick right not a lot to it yet but um just to increase vision and dreaming bigger because i think that that is the key with this one it's just it's it's oh thank, i'm so glad you stood up right now because i completely forgot to mention Deb actually, no, no, stand back up. It stand, back, stand back up because actually it's this album, Deb, that you sewed a, a big chunk of money in. And I, out of nowhere, and I, I mean, none of these have made any money. So <laughs> it's not like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll just sell some albums and get our money back. That's not how <laughs> I get, I get, um, like $20 royalty checks and stuff, like from iTunes and, um, you know, and then whatever we buy, you know, we just hopefully can scrape by. But so out of the blue, Deb, and I just want to honor you for that because our, our covenant relationship really, because I wasn't asking for money, was I? No, I didn't think so. <laughs> I don't remember. We need to have a conversation later to get my story straight for tomorrow. But anyway, but out of nowhere, she gave me, um, can I say how much or no? Are you sure? 
She gave me a check. It was it was it was four figures. I'll say that. <laughs> um, but uh, and out of nowhere, and it was like, okay, all right, I know, I I understand, God. <laughs> We're moving forward for a third time, you know. So, um, but that that also came out of a covenant relationship, which I'm very grateful for. But all right, on this last impartation, just stand up if you want increased vision and just the ability to dream bigger. Maybe you have seen a couple of dreams fulfilled, and you're like, I'm good. Dream fulfilled. And God says, nope, we're going bigger. We're going bigger. We're going a different route. You know, we're going to expand it. I don't ever want to get in a box. I don't ever want to do the same thing. I don't ever want to write the same songs. You know, I want to do something that's constantly what God is speaking about, what's on his heart, what heaven is saying. And that's what increased vision is about. So we just ask for that breakthrough right now, God. Me too. I want it more. I want increased vision. Show us how to carry out this Hill Country collection thing. (laughs) Show us what that looks like, God. Show us what it looks like. We just say increased vision and bigger dreams in the name of Jesus. All right. You can sit down just to wrap this up because Tim's going to come up for a minute here. Here's, here's what I feel like. Uh, so the bottom of that um, core value card on the wall, it, it, the last thing it says is our response. We always start with our heart, our whatever, and the bottom says our response. And here's our response. It's to pursue healthy relationships within our, our community as believers. It's to pursue that. And I guess that... For me, just, you know, to, to sum up the story is, which, I mean, obviously we could have gone a hundred different ways with this story, but that's what we felt like God was talking about in this was, was partnership and connection. But what comes out of that when we pursue partnership, first of all, it's a safe place to develop our gifts. And it goes back to the very first thing where we prayed for courage. I pray that in this house that it's a safe place for each and every one of you to develop your gift. The, the next thing that I think that comes out of, of covenant relationships and when we pursue them is the revelation that we cannot do it without others. We cannot do it alone. You cannot. It's not biblical. It's just not. And that, I believe, is just a revelation. Um, also, what comes, comes out of partnership is that we stay motivated because we're encouraged people around us at just the right time they write a check they speak a word there's a prophecy there's a testimony and all of a sudden we're we're motivated we're like okay i can go a couple more days you know what i mean um and and the last one i just i just believe it with my whole heart it's it's increased vision it's increase the kingdom is advancing, right? The kingdom is advancing. We should be too, advancing and increasing. But it just comes out of this partnership. So, all right, we still have. So Timothy's got something for that. Uh, okay, yes, that's fine. Okay, for walk, run, soar. I just felt um, there was someone in here that like their heart was burning for other people to hear. Like this album. Is there anyone in here? Yeah? Yeah? Yeah, to like make it get heard. Yeah, okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, And then this one, I actually felt like 
there was um, a lie happening that just went across, like, went through your mind that said that I don't know if my passion is from the Lord. And I actually just recently read a quote. I can't remember who it's by, but it said, if your passion is about God, you don't have to worry about your passions. Just let that sink in, you know. And so, like, if if you're struggling with the idea, yeah, okay, perfect. Awesome. All right. Here's, here's what I feel like to do. Neither of these. Um, I I feel like I'm just supposed to give you a charge here, and then we're gonna we're gonna make a commitment to the Lord. Because I I believe this that one of the most underestimated things about people fulfilling their destiny is is making good choices. Like good choices and like some of those choices are just saying I won't be alone. And I I wrote this down. I have three things that I just want to say that purpose is fulfilled in relationship. First with God. But he's been pretty clear with us that no, it will be also with others. And purpose is fulfilled in relationship. But the second thing is that partnership is totally based in love. Like, because I was talking about choice, but I don't ever want it to be like, I'm just going to choose to be in partnership with people. No, it's like an overflow of radical love. Obviously, John 13 tells us this is how they'll know that you're his disciples, right? By the way that you love one another. But it's interesting, the next verse says, all men, it actually says, all men will know that you're his disciples. There's something attractive that happens when the love of God is flowing through you. See, John 15 says we can't love each other if we don't have the love of God in us. So I'm, I'm taking away all excuses here because the truth is God is wanting to come and love on us and it so gets in us that we actually love each other and then the result of loving each other is partnership. Because if we just go about it as partnership, then it looks like a business agreement. I need you to help me fulfill my destiny. But if it's just love, you'll just, you'll just fall into people's destinies. You'll just stumble in and be like, how can I help you do that? Because you love them. And you're excited about it. The second thing about, about all of this goodness is that John 15 says that actually... Our joy will be complete when we love one another. There's actually something from God that only can happen when we're loving each other and partnering with each other. And it makes you happy. It gives you joy. And I'm just telling you, that's super underestimated. Like, people that say they would rather walk alone, they're actually saying, I would rather have a deficit of joy in my life. And so God is just, he's wanting you to know he wants to give you joy. And that's why he's put you in community. So that you can love one another. But I'm going to tell you a story and I'm going to end. When I was 13, we actually lived in Texas and we we came back. I mean, we lived in Florida and we came back to Texas to go hunting. And we went to this place and had all these turkeys. If you don't like hunting, you're not going to like this story. I'm sorry, I apologize now. 
But we weren't there to take pictures of the turkeys. <laughs> I'll just say it that way. We were there to bring turkeys home for fried turkey and, dr- and gravy, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I was 13, and I had, I had my, my first gun. I was so excited about it. And this turkey, this big, giant turkey walked out there, and I shot him, and he ran off. <laughs> and my dad was like, you missed. And I was like, I did not miss. Remember, I'm competitive. I was like, I don't miss. And he's like, that's the reason, that's the reason you watch, because you never think you miss. And I was like, I don't miss. So about 10 minutes later, this giant turkey comes flying in to where all the other turkeys are feeding under the, and just comes crash lands into the, the, the group of turkeys. And I told my dad, that's my turkey. <laughs> and, and then we watched him, and he kind of looked sickly back there. Why, and you're thinking, why in the world am I telling this story? Because about five minutes into it, all the other turkeys looked like they went and had a meeting. Now, this is the honest-to-God truth. And then they walk over there, the two biggest turkeys, and they get on each side of this turkey, and they lean him up, and they start walking him out with the whole herd of turkeys. And as I was thinking about this today, I felt like the Lord told me, He's like, you know, that I showed you that to show you what it looks like, what community looks like, what partnership looks like. And I watched those turkeys. Now, the end of the story doesn't go as well because I also shot those other turkeys. (laughs) But I watched them walk that turkey away from danger. They just didn't know I had a long-reaching rifle. But the honest-to-God truth is, I watched them come and risk their life for something. And I, and, and I was thinking about today, and the Lord was like, it's even in the hearts of animals that I've put to actually be in partnership. And, and I feel like God is just wanting to say that some of partnership, it, it's not going to just be about all this destiny stuff. It's just about seeing the person that's down and picking them up. What you don't know is your whole destiny may be hinging on that moment. You may be realizing, whoa, I'm made for this. And the way I just was with that person, the way that something started pouring out of me that wasn't me, I think that could be my destiny. I feel like God is wanting to just take off any limits of what partnership and what even what koinonia and all these weird things we've labeled it in the church that we haven't done. And he's just saying, it's about really loving each other. And then you give what you have. The last thing. Are we willing to champion others and their destiny? But I felt like the Lord spoke this to me. Are you willing to be championed? Because it takes both things. You can say, well, I got this on my own. I I promise you, you'll be here in 10 years wishing that you had been willing to be champion. Because you're not going to make it on your own. You want to run far? Go with others. If you you can run fast, you can run by yourself. I don't really like that quote because I want to run fast and far. 
But yeah, choose your partners, fast partners, right? That's what I've always said. Fast partners are better than no partners. But the story that I just want to say real quickly is Paul's destiny hinged on a man named Ananias. His whole destiny, two-thirds of the New Testament, hinged on a partnership that one guy didn't want. And God spoke to him and said, Hey, Saul has had an encounter with me, and he's blind. Meaning that the destiny and purpose of God in his life was not going to happen until someone with anointed hands laid their hands on him and said, Be healed in the name of Jesus. He was teaching Paul something, but he was also teaching Ananias something. And he was saying, there's going to be a partnership that has to happen. He says, it's on a straight street. It's at this house. Go do this. And then a yes had to happen. We know the rest of the story. Why? Because we have Romans and Ephesians and Colossians and Philippians. First, second, Timothy. Titus. First, second, Thessalonians. He wrote them. Corinthians. Why? They should all say, thanks to Ananias. Because he found me when I was blind, confused, and needed an anointed hand to touch my head and say, be healed in Jesus' name. So if you're willing to be the Ananias in someone's life right now, I'm going to ask you to stand up. You're willing to champion someone? See, because it may not look like Ananias wasn't thinking, I'm going to pray for the guy that's going to write two-thirds of the New Testament. He's going, I'm going to pray for someone who's in sin, been all messed up, and has been killing Christians. And he went and did what God told him. And out of partnership with God first, but then a partnership with Paul. Saul then, Paul now. And I just believe this, what the Lord was speaking to me is, are you willing to champion people? It may be with checks. It may be with encouragement. It may be prophecy. It may be an investment into them over and over and over that says you can do it. I'm standing here today Because many people told me, you can do it. And if that's in your heart, just say, I'm going to champion people. But as you stand, a willingness to also be champion. Because we're in a culture, we want to be the champion. But will we be champion? You've all got destiny on the inside of you that's going to require people to champion it on the inside of you. So... If that's you, just put your hands out right now. Just say, here I am. What you're saying right now is your willingness to partnership with not just the Lord, but His people. His people. His kids. The ones we get frustrated with. And we're like, oh, the church. Like, it's, that's, that's the ones you're saying, I choose to partner with them. I choose to be in covenant relationship with people. I choose to be vulnerable with people. I choose 
to actually say, I feel like I'm gifted in this. So people can say, yeah, go for it. Can I just break off this lie that you have to be good at something in the beginning for it to be successful? I I believe that there's so many of us like, well, I just need to be able to run as fast as everyone. Man, they've been running for 20 years. So we just receive the grace right now then, the grace. It's your commandment because it's your grace to love one another. So I pray that our hearts would enlarge tonight. We just, we just declare we don't do it out of obligation. We do it out of destiny tonight, Lord, to choose to love your body and love each other. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, bless you guys.